0: We're here in the end zone at Lightridge High School, where Bobby Evanson Jr. will lead the Lightning into battle this fall. The Lightning had a really impressive freshman campaign despite playing in the middle of a coven ridden senior-less spring football season in 2021. But for Lightridge, that was just the beginning. It's time to take you Inside the Huddle.
1: If I could describe it in a one word, in one word, it would be luck, 100%. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I was I was trying to put together a coaching staff in the, I mean, in the middle of of the COVID outbreak. So I mean, I'm doing, I'm interviewing guys on Zoom. I'm I'm doing phone interviews and stuff like that, which is not my comfort zone. It's I I'm not great with the technology, with the Google stuff. Obviously, I got better at that through teaching teaching on it last year and stuff like that, but. It was uh, it was definitely a a challenge to really make sure that you feel like you're getting to know the guys that you want to build a program with. Um, But I can tell you that it it could not have worked out better. If if you would have told me that that I would have gotten this group of men to work with me to help build a program, uh, I I wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed that I would have been this lucky. But it is awesome. It's it's so phenomenal, and they're so great with the kids. They're patient. They're positive. And, and they hold kids to a high standard, which is really a big deal for us. That's something we preach a lot. And, and all these guys are about that as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Obviously, having that coaching staff is so important. And you mentioned having to build that coaching staff during the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, opening a football program at a brand new high school comes with challenges. Yes. What kind of additional challenges did you face and how did you all overcome those challenges having to do that, building a brand new program in the middle of that pandemic? So
1: obviously there were there were numerous challenges, um, but one of the things that I really think that our coaching staff uh, did a great job of, and and our players, is we we found ways to kind of okay how can we and I don't want to I don't want to say use COVID to our advantage you know because that just doesn't sound right but but what about this can we kind of use to to help us and one of the things that I think really helped us was the delayed start of the season because just just because of the boys. Growing just because of them going through puberty, we had kids that gained twenty or thirty pounds between this time last year and then February when we started the season. I mean that's six months. Kids at this age, they just go through so much growth naturally at that time, and some of them working out on their own. We're very fortunate to have some kids that have their own workout equipment, and of course they they love doing that stuff. Um, so I think that really really helped us. Now in terms of challenges. It's, it's, it's retraining us on, on how to coach, on things that we have to look for. I mean, before every practice, if you look around our gate, we had every kid stands on a pole. You have to keep your distance, you have to stand on a pole, you put your water there. Um, you know, and then it was when we're, at that time it was when we're off the field, we gotta have a mask on, right? So we are max, mask police, we are pole police, we are setting out cones along the 40 yard lines and the 45 yard lines when we're during team and kids have to stand at a cone and they're not used to that. The ones that played before, they want to be shoulder to shoulder. They want to be talking with their buddy. Say, man, did you see what he just did there? What are they doing here? How's, how's, how's this going to work, right? Like, what are we doing? They're leaning in. And then it's just like, guys, we got we to have you at your cone because if one of you guys get something from contact tracing, we don't, we had a big enough program. We had 44 kids in the program last year. So, I mean, if we had, if we lose a certain number of kids, then, you know, I mean, we were one more kid away from having to, having to cancel that Rockridge game uh, in week, uh, week three, you know, we would have had to cancel the game. Thankfully, we ended up winning the game. It was great What a great experience. But that was the example that we used for the rest of the year. It's like, hey, we almost lost a game that we ended up winning. Like We almost took a win off of our record because if you don't follow the protocols, then you just get kids that, that were going to be axed, maybe through no fault of their own. But maybe, you know, it's, it was just one of those things that we really had a hard time um, staying on top of for a little bit. But then as we kind of went on, it, uh, it just became second nature.
0: Yeah, obviously you mentioned you have that small team and then you have the COVID. You got to follow all these protocols this year. Obviously we, you know, have this new variant coming out, but you know you're out here practicing in the uh, the the middle of the summer mm-hmm. getting ready for a, 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 an official fall football season for the yeah. first time at Lightridge which yeah. has to be pretty exciting and you have a freshman class obviously oh, adding um, you mentioned 36, 36 players to that class you're up you mm-hmm. know you're building that program up and up and up and you obviously in this county there's a high level of football talent 100% right? we have absolutely. state championships after 100%. state championships and absolutely. multiple teams going it's not the same team every no, year going it's not. What do you at Lightridge have to do? Obviously, a young program, right? We're not expecting a state championship at a 4A in your first year fully in the Dallas District. Sure. But what do you all have to do over the next several years to kind of compete at the top, uh, at the level you want to compete at?
1: So one of the things that we have to do, and it's one of the things that we've we've discussed with this group of freshmen, um, a lot of them new families to football, which is not not uncommon for any, uh, any freshman football team that I've that I've coached or been around in, in my 18 years um, doing this, but, and with this year, it's a little bit different, right? Because last year, all vacations pretty much got nixed. It was, well, we were going to go here as a family Well, you can't do that because COVID, right? So this year there, there's kind of an understanding that I get, I get that families had to take their, take their vacations when they, you know, when they got them. So as a result, now you just got, you got a couple more kids, maybe the normal that would be missing around this time of year. Um, so I think for us, it really is, it's that focus on as we, as we build the program, how just August vacations, how that just really shouldn't be. That's just not, it's not a good thing for us if we wanna compete at this level. Um, we said at the parents, parents' meeting last night, said, you know, football really is, it's it's all year round if you're not playing another sport. Um, in season, it is six days a week, no questions asked. Absolutely no questions on that. We will be either practicing or competing in games six days a week, uh, unless the county tells us that we can't for for a holiday, for a snow day, you know, like stuff like that. Um, But it's just, it's the consistency with which we need to show up and be willing to work consistently and just, you know, go through our process day in and day out. And it's going to take everybody and we want to keep on, keep on building, keep on growing. So we tell kids in the off season, you know, hey, bring a friend, bring somebody with you and stuff like that. And a couple of them did and they stuck around and now we've got to, you know, I think we've got decent numbers, but we want to grow those and we just need to make sure that we consistently understand our standard.
0: Yeah, obviously Obviously, that's in- extremely important to be able to kind of create that culture. And I know you kind of uh, obviously you grew up playing football. But you kind of really fell in love with that side of the cultural piece of it mm-hmm. when you were at UNLV helping mm-hmm. out the football program in, in-, in different aspects there. Um, I guess when did you catch the coaching bug and decide like, hey, this is something I want to do and I want to get back to this- these high schools by being their football coach?
1: So I think it, it was it was probably when I was at UNLV and I, and I was only at UNLV for a year. Um, when I was that age, I just I, don't, I was not mature enough for college. Uh, don't get me wrong. I didn't get myself in big trouble or anything like that. Um, certainly not any of the big trouble that you might associate with in the city of Las Vegas. You know, I wasn't getting myself into that kind of trouble or anything like that. But, um, you know, I really loved the football. I loved I, I enjoyed the city. I enjoyed the people that I was around. Um, And I I loved the the school of University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I still do. I just didn't like school. So only being there for a year, but I was around the football program. um, You know, I just got to kind of see how they operate. And then that was when I really understood the attention to detail just of everything, of position by position, just, you know, hearing how the quarterback coaches would, would coach quarterbacks feet with the receivers. It is this many steps. And here's why it's this many steps. You know, it is we're pointing our foot this direction. And if we don't point our foot this direction, here's what it costs us. And it's so many things that you could easily just be like, well, we're talking about, I mean, guys, we're talking about turning our feet six inches. Like, does this really, and, and they would show, yes, this really does matter. Mm-hmm. This absolutely matters. And when I saw that, and I just thought, that is how, this is how people maximize themselves. And I could see it, and I just, I understood it. And I understood, I, I never would have played if I stayed there for four years. I was not a division one caliber athlete. I, I just wasn't. Um, but understanding the process of what it takes to get the absolute most out of what you are capable of I just, I, I thought it was fascinating. I kind of learned the uh, the, the chess match uh, piece of the game. I say I kind of learned it. Of course, at that, I didn't know anything, but I knew that I wanted to learn it. So I think that's when it really happened. Um, and then I was lucky enough when I came back, I had a, I had to have shoulder surgery. And when I was rehabilitating, um, my doctor said one of the things I should do is just lightly throw into a net. And there was one right down at Frost Middle School. I went to W.T. Woodson High School and right at Frost Middle School um, I was just throwing baseballs into a net, and there was a group of, of guys playing flag football. They just asked if I wanted to join them, so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll be back next week. Well, it turns out one of those guys coached football at West Springfield High School, and him and I got to talking. He was like, man, you seem to like really, really like this stuff. You want to come out and and you know and meet the coaches and, and stuff like that. Came out a couple days later. I met Bill Renner at, at West Springfield High School, who was the first head coach I ever worked for and one of the best coaches that I've ever been around. Uh, such a phenomenal coach did such a great job of, of building a program and and such a great offensive mind. Uh, a lot of the principles that he coached at West Springfield, I, I take that to, to these guys today. He's such a phenomenal coach. Um, but that guy who brought me onto West Springfield, he's actually the head coach at Langley, Dave Murray, and we're scrimmaging them tonight. So it's just it's really really fun how how that stuff tends to work out sometimes. But um, you know the the structure and the discipline that is required to be successful at football, that's just something that I that I just absolutely fell in love with and. Getting into coaching at 20 years old, it's it's funny. We talk about everything that that the lessons that we give these young players, how much it's going to help them. Well, it's it's amazing how much the lessons that I learned from the program at West Springfield as a coach helped me because I was I was still very immature as a 20 year old. Again, not not a troublemaker or anything like mm-hmm. that, but you don't know what you don't know when you're 20 years old. Everyone says you're an adult. Yeah, you kind of barely <laughs> are, you know. Um, but just being around Bill Renner and that program and those guys, it was such a phenomenal experience. And, and that just, that helped me really, really develop and really, really mature. Um, and I'm just, I'm so thankful. I had such a great introduction to coaching with that coaching staff, which is a huge part of the reason that I am where I am today.
0: So you, you started obviously with the, uh, at UNLV, you kind of caught this bug. You get to coach, yeah. coach, coach, coach Renner at West Springfield and yeah. you coach at a bunch of different high schools since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really got your start as a freshman in college. If there are some high school student athletes, maybe on your football team that mm-hmm. kind of aspire to be coaches at some point, you know, at, mm-hmm. at some point, 95 percent of these kids, they're not going to get to play in college. Their right. football careers are going to end. Right. But some of them want to stay involved in football. Right. For me, it was sports media. I got to stay involved in the game by doing this. But some of them want to coach. What can they start doing at this age to start uh, kind of consuming the knowledge and, and learning better? so that when they get to that 19 20 year old trying to find their first coaching job they're more prepared than even you were at that age
1: right and that's a, that's that's a really good question um, and obviously it's it's very circumstantial and it circumstantial and it takes a lot of luck i've been i've been very lucky i was just lucky to end up where i did at UNLV i was lucky to end up around football um, and i was lucky to end up a, have a great introduction into coaching but i would think that if someone would really want to get into coaching someday i think that having an understanding of all the aspects of football that maybe you don't see that aren't seen on TV, I think that that just really helps you. You know, like we talk about uh, practice structure, we talk about, um, you know, details, we talk about getting kids in the film room, we talk about off-season weight training and stuff like that. So if you can really bring that kind of stuff to the table and have an understanding of that stuff, then that stuff makes you more valuable as a coach. Um, It's so fun to drop stuff on a board and drop X's and O's, especially from the offensive perspective, right? It's like, oh, I draw this up. You can't stop it. I'm going to score points. Let's go. You know, that's fun. That's great. Anyone can do that. But that's just such a small part of the job. Um, You know, being around football programs in college, offer to do anything, offer to film for them, offer to do equipment for them and just hang around them and always, always just ask what you can do. I've, I've known guys that have done that and basically they've gotten in themselves into really, really good positions with being around football and then parlaying that into like a, a graduate assistant gig because they just won't go away mm. and because they won't say no. Anything. Coach, what what can I do to possibly help you? Um, I'm going to need you to go get, get, us, uh, get coffee for the coaching staff. Yes, sir. Cream and sugar? If you don't say no and you don't go away, you are going to get what you want to get or you're going to at least get closer to it. That's been my experience. I know that a lot of other guys have had that experience as well. So... I think that if you just surround yourself and make sure that you are surrounding a program, you know, just trying to contribute in any way you can, no job is too small for you. No job is too big for you. Then I think that puts you in a really, really good position to just understand as many things about the game as possible. And then you got a really good shot of getting into a coaching gig.
0: Yeah. And I think something that's really important, especially at college as well, you can start doing this in high school, even if you're not on the football team, Oh, absolutely. but you, 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 just need to ask. Yes. I remember I went to Syracuse University. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get involved in athletics. I just emailed the basketball coach and the softball coach and yep. said, hey, do you need help with something? Yep. I got a message back from the softball coach in 30 minutes. Can yep. you meet me at the field house? Absolutely. I literally got on the bus and went to the field house right there. Yeah. I dropped everything I was doing. And here I am traveling the country with a softball team during my freshman year because I became the team manager. Right. All it was was a simple email like, hey, do you all need help with something? Yep. You know, I played baseball in high school and I'd love to do this. So I think asking those questions and always being around, because the thing is, is the day you're if you're always around the day you're not around, they're going to be like, Hey, where's Where, where's that
1: guy? Who needs, who, yeah. who's going to help us who's out gonna with
0: something? Help us. Like, ah, man, I guess he left. Yeah. So basically, uh, yeah, just stick around and, and make sure you're as involved as possible. Again, if you're a high school kid now, make sure you're, you're studying more than just the X's and O's on the whiteboard because there's so much more to this sport than that.
1: hundred percent. I've been a part of, um, I've, I've, there are three people that I can think of right off the top of my head that, that ended up, they were basically the general manager of the football program as students mm-hmm. uh, there was a young man named chaz at west springfield uh he ended up going on to west virginia university um i can't remember uh if he ended up doing something with their football team i'm almost positive he did but don't quote me on that i could be wrong but he was i mean he was behind the scenes he was helping bill renner do everything and and you know bill renner he made it pretty clear to all the players and all the coaches he said hey man chad is number two in command now okay <laughs> because <laughs> this ship don't sail without chaz uh it was this it was very very similar at john champ with um I uh, coached there for a couple years. I was fortunate enough to coach there uh, with coach Dawson and that great coaching staff. Um, but we had a young man named Sohan, Sohan Daniel, yep. who is now at West Virginia as well. Yeah,
0: yeah he worked for Loco Sports. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sohan. you know Sohan. Uh, he's a man. Yeah, right? I mean, w- there, there's nothing he can't do. Yeah. He's awesome. He's incredible. And just
1: having a guy like that around your program who's, hey, coach, what do you need today? Coach, what do you need now? Coach, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get somebody. What can I get you? Mm. And he's just, there's there's no ego with the young man. And he just wants to help you. He said, hey, hope, c- coach, what can I do? Hey, can I film your individual position drills? Can I do this? Can I do that? It's like, well, as a matter of fact, yeah, yeah, you can. That would that'd be great. And then after he was gone, we had uh, we had John Bear, who I'm fortunate enough to to coach his younger brother now here at Light Ridge. But John Bear's going to Virginia Tech and he did such a great job for us there too. And you know, he would help us set up for practice every single day. He made sure that the cameras were ready to go. He made sure everything was charged, he made sure headsets were charged. And it's just you you don't, it's everything that even head coaches who've been doing this a long time, you forget. You're going to forget one of those things when you're answering parent emails, when you're making sure that your offensive and defensive scheme are right and what they need to be. You're going over special teams depth. You've got your practice plans. You've got fundraising that you've got to manage and take care of. And then all of a sudden it's right before the game, you're like, God bless America. I really hope those headsets are charged, you know, something like that. But when you have someone who's going to be there and just kind of help you that little checks and balances, when you've got students who can do that for you, man, are you lucky to be working in a great community. And so it's just pretty awesome. I've been lucky enough to be around it and I'm I'm fortunate to have a great group of, of young ladies who were who were phenomenal managers and I've got one of my quarterbacks who's recovering from an injury, he's been he's been taking that role on right now. So, you know, I'm fortunate in so many ways to be in this position, but that's just one of the many examples.
0: Yeah, I think uh, one note to take away from there is if you're a coach in a program give these kids a shot. A lot of them want to be involved. Oh, absolutely. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I had the same experience when I was in high school. I managed the the swim team and the girls basketball team on top of playing football and baseball. But give these kids a responsibility. Yeah. You can hand some of that off. You absolutely. Especially some stuff like that, like charging 100%. the headphones or the headsets. That doesn't need to be the head coach's responsibility. Right. And these kids will eat it up. They will. They and absolutely will. Once you give them that, you know, relatively simple mm-hmm. responsibility as a freshman, sophomore, then by the time they're a junior, senior, they're to the point where you said, maybe they're the GM running the team. They're thinking, in terms of, operations. Things, they're thinking
1: of things that you haven't thought of. Um, I, and I've the two of the young ladies who were, who've been working with us so far this year, worked with them last year. Uh, and one of them I taught in PE when she was in seventh or eighth grade. So I've known her for years, um, you know, she'll be like, Hey coach, you didn't forget, you know, X, Y, and Z, did you? I was like, well, I didn't forget X and Y, but I actually did forget Z. So thank you. <laughs> so just have, having them around is, is really, it's, it's just so beneficial and um, it, it gives them ownership in the program. Like I don't, I, I would like for the football program to, to take as many people in as it can, you know, I don't, I don't want it to just be the the boys who are on the field. I, I want ownership of the program to be kind of spread, spread mm-hmm. about the school and, and so on and so forth so now these managers they have ownership in the program they're so invested like they don't miss they're not like oh i'm tired i'm not going to show up and do my managerial duty you know they're like they're like no no no, coach what what time you want me to get here at seven they're here at 7 30 like you want me to get here at seven so now they have ownership in the program mm-hmm. as well and it just it makes for a better experience for everybody and things just go a little bit more smoothly that way which is which is obviously it's it certainly makes a big deal for me as a second year head coach in a second year school with a really short off season so You know, the amount of help and support I have, it's, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate.
0: Yeah. Thank you to all, obviously, the student managers and people that are out here helping, um, out here. Okay. We got one last thing we love to do on these, uh, podcasts. One of our previous podcast hosts started this. We do rapid fire. Oh, okay. Questions for you. First thing that comes to mind, right? Um, so let's, let's get going. Do you have any superstitions? Superstitions.
1: You know, I, I really don't. I really don't. I do wear the same uh, same socks. I, I do wear the same same outfit for every game. Exact same, like down to the undershirt. Yeah. So, other than that, I wash them. I wash yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I other than that, um, oh, you know what? I do have one. I like to be for the national anthem, and it's not, I don't know why. I like to be the furthest one back. I like to be the furthest away from the flag, and it's not because I want to get far away from the flag. I think it started as. I want to see down the line and make sure our right foot is on the white line. We have our hats tucked in our left hand and our right hands over our heart. And I just want to make sure that that looks right. So
0: if I'm not the furthest one back looking down the line for the national anthem, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, I get that. All right, Do you have any uh, pregame pump-up songs that you you like hearing over the loudspeakers before the game starts?
1: Um, Before the game, no. Uh, I really like uh, uh, Tsunami playing uh, when we come out for our um, our three-minute sideline stretch. Uh, Tsunami, that's a big thing for – for army west point one of my best friends is the associate athletic director there and i've gone to a, quite a few army navy games and when i was there when that goes and all the cadets are jumping around it is something else and i was like i want that so yeah. so that's that's what we do at halftime for our, our uh for our three minute but me personally no because i think that i believe coaches should be should be calm and level-headed and thinking very clearly you know i don't need to be amped up i don't want to be amped up i want to be I just want to be calm and, you know, understanding my game plan and and stuff like that. So I'm not, you know, I don't, I ain't listening to death metal or anything like that. I'm just kind of, I just want to be relaxed and just make sure that I'm, that I'm as focused as this can be.
0: That's awesome. After a big win, do you have a favorite meal you like to eat? Wings. 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 Is there a a local spot around here you like to go to? I love
1: Glory Days wings. They're not the only ones. I love Velocity wings as well. Um, But a lot of times, uh, you know, I'll just, we'll do carry out wings and go to somebody's house and. And, you know, start loading the film, have some wings and talk about it, talk about what we think and how we're going to do our film in our lift the next day. Uh, sometimes we'll, we'll go, we'll actually go over there. We'll go over to Glory Days. We'll go over to Velocity. Uh, I, just, I don't think Velocity, I don't think they're open that late. I could be wrong, but Glory Days is just so close. So we'll just go right there and just have some wings. I'll take down some wings after a big <laughs> win. I love it. What are you, a Buffalo hot guy? Uh, I, I can tell you, that I am a, uh, I'm an Old Bay guy, not a seafood guy, okay. but, but you give me an Old Bay dry yeah. rub with, with, with uh, with a little bit of extra ranch. I will show you a former, former chubby kid who loves to eat. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And if you are not, if you are listening for some reason, listening to this podcast, and you are not from the DMV, you got to Google Old Bay because you probably don't know what that right, is. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> if you are
1: if you are in Maryland, you probably have some yeah. in your pocket right now. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, exactly. if you are not, then
0: yeah, then Google that stuff. And I am telling you, put it on a wing. you really will not good. disappoint. It yeah, it's really disappoint. good. Throwing it on some popcorn too is really good. Um, all right, last one for you. Any favorite sports movies?
1: Favorite sports movies? It's hard for me to go away from. Uh, it's hard for me to go away from football. Varsity Blues comes to mind. Friday Night Lights is phenomenal. Um, I was also a big baseball kid, uh, so I do love. Uh, I do love Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. I love the Major League movies. Bull Durham is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you got a if you got a good movie that's got some comedy in it and some good football and baseball, chances are I'm going to be in. I'm going to be down.
0: I I can get really comfortable watching that. This episode was brought to you by Blair Strygic of Keller Williams Realty. When you're looking for a new home, why not turn to a local expert who also knows football? Blair Strygic grew up in Loudoun County, so he knows it inside and out. He graduated from Heritage High School in Leesburg, where he was a member of the varsity program. After leaving Heritage, he went on to play at West Virginia, where he was a member of the Discover Orange Bowl team, and then eventually decided to turn his football pads in for a real estate license. And he's been helping families settle into Loudoun County ever since. If you're looking to buy or sell, trust Loudon's rising star in real estate, Blair Strygic, and give him a call, 443-510-3747. Thank you for listening to Inside the Huddle. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting apps and follow us on social media, at Loco Sports. You'll go crazy for our sports coverage.